All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick in order to get that deal and let's get on with the show. All right, Elon Musk has bought Twitter and everyone on the left is currently hunkering down in anticipation of the cold, dark, dystopian future where people won't be arbitrarily banned for potentially hurting their feelings. We're actually going to be discussing that and we're going to go a little bit behind just kind of the you know the basic reaction to the left, which we're going to talk about because it's hysterical. But we're also going to discuss, is this actually a good thing in the long run with respect to Elon Musk? And is he someone that we should trust? So we're going to discuss all that and more on this episode of Making the Argument, where we make the arguments to defend a free society. The question that I will be asking in segment two is, have we jumped the gun on Elon Musk? But anyway, thank you all for joining us today on the show. And if you haven't subscribed already on the YouTube channel, please do so and leave us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. All righty. I just want to say if I sound a little bit under the weather, I'm not. It's allergies. I was working outside because my beautiful wife and co-host um, makes me do that. And she's here, Queen of the Bees, Tina. Hello, everyone. That's right. See, she looks nice, but she's going to put me right to work as soon as we're done here. And then uh, with us, as always, our resident historian, prognosticator of all political outcomes, and a redistricting fan. We're actually, like, stay tuned. We're probably going to talk about that a little bit more in depth later. Christian Hines. What's up? All right. Still maintaining his biker gang haircut, which I- It's growing out. I heavily improved. Dude, I am not the one telling you to grow out your hair. <laughs> I think he should reshave it. I, I think like it's it about, I think. I think hair on the face, good idea. Hair on the head. Eh, if you have an leave opinion, it. leave it in the comments. Yeah, let us know. In fact, maybe we maybe we should make- there was, a, there was a debate a while back about whether or not I should shave my beard. Correct. And we, whether or not you asked Christian that question on Instagram, his head. You asked that question on Instagram, and I believe there were six hundred comments on the post. And I comments. think it's safe to say that about ninety percent were pro beard. Now he, the he didn't just the, ask the question though. He actually uh, said that I was the one suggesting he should shave the beard. Uh, yeah, no lies detected. Well, okay, we're <laughs> we're going on vacation for our anniversary, okay. and I was just like, oh, shave the beard. Um, and oh, because I'll just like. Oh my gosh! And so then and he does this video, quick. and he turned all his followers against me. That's not true. That's not. That could never happen. <laughs> all right, and finally, <laughs> our esteemed producer Nicholas Hamilton. Thank you for having me, Nick. That's right. He's the good Hamilton, not the one that. That's correct. Wanted the centralized banking. 
Okay, so uh, first thing we've got to do today, because this this is just, it's too funny. So if you're watching, you're going to be able to see everything we're doing. If you're listening, don't worry. We're going to read off some of the tweets. But we're going to look at some of the responses that took place as a result of Elon Musk buying Twitter. So we want to look at responses from the left. We're going to look at responses from the Biden administration. We're going to look at responses from the right. And then we're going to see what Elon Musk had to say about Elon Musk, because that's always interesting in and of itself. So let's go ahead and get to our first uh, response from the left. This one got a lot of attention. This is uh, Jamila Jamil. And if you don't know who that is, don't feel bad. I didn't either. I don't think anyone did. But but a million followers on Twitter. Like that is not a small amount of followers for someone that has in their bio. Let me go ahead and read it off here for you real quick. Let me see. Where where did I put this? Okay. Her bio, uh, it says feminist in progress, uh, actor, writer, advocate, and dickhead. (laughs) Pro-choice, she, sure. her. By the way, I probably should warn everybody right now. I, I know that sometimes we, we I'm, I'm thrilled that we actually have like homeschool parents that will use what we talk about in making the argument because we talk a lot about a weighty economic political issues. There is some language in this one and it is not us engaging in the language, the, the inappropriate language. It, it is some of the videos that we're going to show of these responses. There is some language. So I just want to give parents a heads up. Again, we, we love that we can be a reliable source for information for you and your curriculum and everything else. You might want to skip this one uh, for those purposes. But here's what Jamila Jamil, self-described whatever, <laughs> said. Feminist goes, in progress. Feminist in progress said, uh, ah, he got Twitter. I would like this to be my what lies here is my last tweet. Just really any excuse to show off pics of Barreled, which is, which is her purse dog. I fear this free speech bid is going to help this hell platform reach its final form of totally lawless hate, bigotry, and misogyny. Best of luck, heart. And uh, I, I think was, I fear this free speech gambit or whatever it is, this free speech play, that's what's going to lead to she lawless muted, hate, bigotry, and misogyny. She muted comments. Yeah. Was she getting ratioed? Click on one of the comments. Let's see how many. Oh, my gosh. Let's um, see. This one has three hundred twenty-one thousand likes. No, I don't think that's a. I don't uh, think that's a reply. Something else. Yeah, you got to. I don't think six hundred twenty-one retweets. Those quote tweets right there. Those quote tweets. That's right. a ratio. Yeah, that's that, that's so what you do. For those of you who don't know, ratio. for those of you who don't know, right? So if you go and if you're looking on Twitter and you see, you're just like scrolling through, and you see on here like we got six thousand six hundred fifty-seven likes. But there's 2,363 quote tweets. That's usually a good indication that someone's been ratioed. And ratioed means that they put something out there that they thought was a super hot take. And enough people came on to basically say, this is idiotic or or to mock it. When you have more comments than likes, that's what a ratio means. Mm. And it's a negative thing. It means that you said something and people were so disagreed with you that they decided to comment about it. And then when you turn off comments, the only thing that you can do at that point is quote tweet them and then, you know, call them out on it. So it's still a form of Well, the only thing to like about this post is the the adorable dog. And let me just say, you know, we absolutely love dogs and you are welcome to comment in anything we have with a picture of your dog (laughs) or pet of any sort. So the thing that I find interesting about this yeah. is that, uh, so first off, I've never heard of this person, even though apparently she's a big deal. She has a, yeah. Or maybe she's not. I don't know. But like what I find so fascinating is the response from some of these people that aren't necessarily known as like prominent leftist figures, yeah. but they're coming from the left. So like they're not like elected officials or politicians. Yeah. They're just individuals, influencers. They're blue check marks, basically. And every single one of them. Well, and, and, and here's a common theme. I fear 
this free speech bid is going to help this hell platform, which apparently she didn't mind being on before, reach its final form of totally lawless hate, bigotry, and misogyny. So, so by contrast, if it was more of a censored platform, you, you wouldn't have any of this lawless hate, bigotry, and misogyny. Well, they fear any type of argument that actually challenge, challenges theirs. Well, so if... The, the thing is, is that, that they will make an argument and they'll think they're winning the argument because uh, they're censoring and silencing everybody else's, everybody else point. with an opposing viewpoint. And I, and I, I think we're going to have some more coming up to, uh, to that very point. It's like, were they, were they so confident in all of this because they were winning the argument or was the other side essentially being censored to such a degree to where you couldn't even effectively respond? But let's go back to, because uh, look, a lot of people on the left are very concerned that a billionaire, which we all know are the worst people on the planet, billionaires. It's not murderers. It's not, you know, violent dictators. It's billionaires, right? People that have made a lot of money providing goods and services that other people voluntarily purchased, right? That's just horrendous, according to Elizabeth Warren. And, and to own a media company, I mean, what are the implications? Well, let's ask somebody that we can certainly trust, and that's Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Right, so because because if you are concerned about a billionaire owning a large media outlet, like let's say the Washington Post, um, democracy dies in darkness, right? Then Jeff Bezos is the guy you want to go to. And Jeff Bezos had this hot take because somebody had tweeted out talking about the fact that Tesla's second second biggest market was in China, and Jeff Bezos said, "Interesting question. The Chinese government just gained a bit of leverage over the town square." You, you mean like when you bought the WAPO? And, and by the way, did you have any concern about the fact that Disney, right, the, the, the magical woke kingdom, Disney, will completely moderate all of its content to include getting rid of Winnie the Pooh because it bared a passing resemblance of the premier of China? Like, was, was Bezos worried about any of this when, when that was going on, or is he just now selectively concerned with respect to Tesla? What I, so two things. What I find so fascinating about this is um, there's a Twitter account out there. Definitely check it out if you get a chance called Defiant L's. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a great account. It's like up there with libs of TikTok in terms of quality. Yeah. And all, literally all that they do is they capture screenshots of tweets from the same account one argument and then literally like the exact opposite contradicting itself that's posted years, weeks, months later um, in order to expose the hypocrisy oh, it, of people it, on the left. And Defiant L's actually, when this deal was announced, when when it was announced that, that Elon was going to be purchasing Twitter, um, they pulled screenshots of the New York Times. I believe it was the New York Times that like ran an opinion piece about how this is a dark chapter in the history of American social media, you know, billionaires are taking over. And then it pulled a um, tweet from them from like seven years ago when Bezos purchased the Washington Post. And it was like, this is an exciting new story in the history <laughs> of, of print media. Yeah. And it was just so fascinating, the cognitive dissonance that is taking place within certain circles on the left. And, and there's Twitter accounts like, you know, like libs of TikTok, like Defiant L's that is capturing this. The other point is my father actually went to high school with Jeff Bezos. Really? Yeah. They went to, um, it was Palmetto high school in Miami and, um, Bezos was in the graduating class of my aunt. Um, they were the same grade. They, uh, they shared an English class together. Okay. And, um, my dad always said that Bezos was a bit of a weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, but like, like people that tend to be, uh, 
brilliant, which I would imagine Jeff, I, you I, know. I don't think he's a dummy. Well, here's, yeah. the, here's the difference between the left Br- and the right. Brilliant people often have an awkward tendency because they're brilliant and, and well, it's and, hard and, to and look, and look, I don't... Uh, it, it's become popular kind of trash Bezos at times. Um, I remember defending Bezos too, especially when it was like the Elizabeth Warren types that were, you know, again, he, he was in the billionaire club and then he does what a lot of billionaires end up doing. And that's okay. Just give a bunch of money to, to leftists or to leftist causes. And then all of a sudden they'll Elizabeth Warren like picks you. a different billionaire to get mad at. Yeah. Right. I mean, Bernie I, Sanders picks a different billionaire to target. So, I mean, I, I was just taking a shot at Bezos, but to his defense, the difference between the left and the right at the end of the day is, I don't. I I have issues with Bezos's politics, yeah. but I, the thing is, is that Bezos became wealthy because he created an amazing product and service that people wanted, and that's fine. Yeah. yeah. The only difference is this is like it, it. It goes back to like the whole purpose of Elon purchasing Twitter in the first place. Yeah. When he went out there, he said, "My goal is to create a platform where people can share their thoughts freely, and the only restrictions that we're going to have on speech are those that are legal under the First Amendment." Yeah. That's it. We shouldn't be doing anything else. No picking sides, no putting the thumb on the scale. He wants to be a platform. He, he wants to be a platform, <laughs> yeah. right? He doesn't want to be a propaganda piece. And that infuriates the left. We're not, us on the right, we're not going out there saying we demand that our opponents be shut down. Yeah. You know, that, that, that Elon now picks his side and that he sides with us. We don't want him to do that. The left is having a complete meltdown right now because once this transaction is complete and Elon takes over the platform, if he actually follows through with what he says that he wants to do, the left is no longer going to be able to to basically rig the system in their favor. And I think in this episode, we're actually going to talk about some of the statistics yeah. behind this. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is going to be interesting because some of the stuff that's already revealed, because we need to understand something. It, it, the board has accepted Elon's deal. That doesn't mean like that day Elon Musk walked into Twitter and said, hand me the algorithms, right? That's not, that's not what happened. But because of this deal, Twitter is starting to behave differently. But we're not done. We're not done looking at the left's response. So we got that response from Jeff Bezos, who, by the way, tried to like kind of play both sides of that argument in his, in his comments later. But I want you to show. So we're going to go to one of our favorite sites of all time, Libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok does yeoman's work. I mean, they are God out there. God bless you. They Libs are of out TikTok. there. And again, the the beautiful thing about Libs of TikTok, all they're doing, they they are providing, they are providing a voice for all of these liberals on TikTok. They're that, amplifying they're the left's amplifying message. They're amplifying their message so that it can get out there to people that might not otherwise would have seen it. And they're exposing that message to a diverse audience. And the left hates that they're doing this like absolutely hates that they're well it's doing because this. they specifically go through and they find leftists who say the quiet part out loud yes they, they and find the all most the other, honest leftists all they can. the other leftists who are still trying to maintain power and like hey wait we we really need to maintain control you can't say that yeah uh they they are very triggered so let's go ahead and look at this this is a video mashup now again warning for everybody there's some language. It's going to get these, spicy. Some of these people have a hard time being able to express their viewpoints without a couple of F-bombs. And so we apologize yeah, should for Should we audience. beat them out? We, we might. We'll, 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 try, we'll try to do what we can. Um, we, don't want to, we don't want to censor them. <laughs> we, want people to, we want people to know exactly. Maybe what we could right. just use that old fashioned horn over yeah. the top of it. You know? Let's go ahead and see. Let's go ahead and see this mashup video from Libs, who, uh, according to the tweet, um, Libs aren't coping well with Elon Musk buying Twitter. Dozens of people have already deactivated their ca- their accounts. How will Elon ever recover? All right, let's hear what they have to say. Dozens. Well, it looks like Twitter's gone. They accepted the money, 
And Elon Stalin is taking over. So fuck you, Twitter, and goodbye forever, you insane Q-like forum. Or soon to be insane like Q like Wait, pa- pause there. Pause Stalin there. was, Stalin, you know, Stalin, Stalin loved Stalin. free speech. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, noted thing. free speech absolutist <laughs> Joseph Stalin. I, it, it, yeah. Just the insanity. First projection. Off, Stalin was this on the left. projection. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you know this, but yes, Stalinist, who was a bit of a leftist. Yeah. A bit of a, bit of a fan of old Karl Marx. Um, yeah, when he wasn't. I don't know, starving Ukrainians to death or violently suppressing his people and the people of, I, I don't know, like Asia and Eastern Europe. Huge fan of free speech. Huge fan of free Huge speech. Huge fan. What, what was that story? I can't remember what outlet published the argument that, um, you know, despot, was it Robert Reich that, that said that like, you know, free speech is a tool by despots in order to, who, who was it? It, that, it, it, it was Reich. It was Robert Reich who came out and he, yeah, he made some sort of absurd comment about, you know, one of the, you know, to, uh, what was it? He, he's basically equating like Elon Musk buying Twitter and this whole discussion about free speech was something that, you know, tyrants have longed for like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that's it. That's it, Bobby. Hey, that's what tyrants yeah, want uh, is free speech. That's why they banned Winnie the Pooh in China, right? Yeah. yeah. There's tell huge me, free speech fans over there. Yeah. Tell me which tyrants actually advocate for free speech in order to maintain power. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wait here. I'll wait here. Thanks, Bobby. Well, so that, so that was hot take. So Elon Musk is now the equivalent of Stalin. So for those of you who, uh, I don't know. For those of you who are being educated in a school that is more focused on gender identity than history, uh, Stalin butchered what? Probably about between twenty and thirty million people. Something like that. I mean, it was it was up to ten million Ukrainians alone. Yeah, which tells you the left is is expecting literal genocide. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Elon Musk buying Twitter and saying, "Hey, maybe maybe we won't." You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when it reminds me of when Trump actually won the election, and everyone thought that he was going to start putting. people on trains and sending them to concentration camps. They full-fledged thought. Yeah. So but but we're the Q people. What right. this reminds me of um like in terms of the same uh you know topic so to speak was the debate over net neutrality. Mm-hmm. I literally remember people on the left saying people will die yeah. if we don't have net neutrality. Like it is the same type of and and years later I don't even think people even remembered that discussion. Oh now. no, because we all knew it's what been would memory hold. So let's let's go. I think maybe uh, so, when the left says people will die if this happens, it actually might be a threat. <laughs> <laughs> let's just start taking it as a threat. <laughs> so what's the next one? Yeah. All right. Next next video. No. Next, no next. Bye. Elon Musk, this is directly to you. Enjoy Twitter. I just deactivated mine. I will not be reactivating it. Enjoy. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm sure Elon is like. No! Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. Why don't you just go build your own social yeah, media that's site? That's what we were told. That's what right? we were told for years. Yeah. Go build your own social build your media own if site. You don't like it. All right, who's next? He activated my account and deleted the app. That's what I think of it. Fuck Elon Musk. Bye bye. Twitter has announced that they've been bought by Elon Musk or. However, you say his name. Um, I'm not interested in staying. It's a tough name. Not a hard name. Is that a tough name? How do you pronounce it? Four letters. Is it Elon? (laughs) And it's all over the media. Elonathan Musk? I don't know. Whatever whatever his name is. On Twitter anymore because of this. And I think there's a lot of people that are about to leave. So I just wanted to 
Let everyone know that you can find me here. I'm going to also share this on Twitter. Pause, pause. Right. She wants to let everybody know that you can find her there. I'm looking right now. This video has nine likes. It has nine hearts and zero <laughs> comments. Lines. So there was nine people on Twitter like, oh, thank God we found you. We, we were wondering where you went. We hate that Elon Musk guy. Give <laughs> my account so that anyone who wants to follow me can find me here as well. Hey. I did a thing today. Ooh, what was the thing? I activated my Twitter account. <gasps> you can too. Ooh, tell me more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, I did bye For those of you not watching, she started off that video by like hitting her camera. Hitting her camera. Like, hey you. Is hey, this you. thing on? Yeah. <laughs> I did a thing today. Like, I'm terrible good. quality. I'm too. good. I'm like. The lighting know, on that is horrible. And again, we have someone, what, what is it? A total of, oh, seven likes. So clearly this was. Yeah. Well, I mean, you Twitter's know, clearly going to fail at this point. Hey, goddess on it. So, hey, goddess. The, the glory that is libs of TikTok yeah. to bring us these, because I would never have found this. It only God got seven likes anyway. Em. But, like, it, the thing is, is that these are, this is just like a small sample of what's actually going on. It, it, there's just this complete meltdown. The, the thing is, is that the left for so long has had an iron grip on Silicon Valley. Yeah. Right? Every single social media site you can think of, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which ended up being bought by Facebook, Snapchat, every single one of them is dominated by people on the left. If you actually pull up like donations to yeah. political candidates by, oh, yeah. uh, by company, it's like the most right-leaning organization in Silicon Valley, company in Silicon Valley is Oracle. And it's only 85% donations to Democrats. <laughs> Democrats yeah. Oh, that's why, again, this whole idea, you guys are the party so they, of the so wealthy billionaires. Like, uh, well, they certainly don't donate. <laughs> but, like, that's that's what's so incredible. Is it's that, gaslighting. Like, so so for Twitter, I believe the breakdown was about 98% donations yeah, to Democrats. 97 points. And so, finally, for the first time ever, you have one of these major social media sites that is going to be owned by somebody that is not an avowed leftist. And Elon Musk isn't even on oh, the he's right. he's not a conservative. He's really like, basically he's not centrist. A conservative, yeah. But like, the, the, at the end of the day, their issue is that he's not one of them. Yes. And they've had a monopoly, 100% monopoly on every single social media site since the beginning of social media itself. And that monopoly is starting to crumble and they don't know how yes, to handle it. They're not going to be able to otherize people on yeah. the... Right. Anymore. Well, I, look, I think we I think we because we're going to move on to our, our next set of responses. This one from the Biden administration. But before we do that, I just want to thank libs of TikTok, because having spent a little time on TikTok myself, I'm sure you guys had to scour TikTok for probably. Four minutes to find. Oh, give many. me a break. Four minutes? You know how many videos that order, is? It's 15 seconds. Find, TikTok sucks your life away. 15 seconds find, at a time. In order to find that many crazy people talking about. No. How hard Elon Musk's name is to pronounce. So right. probably found three, one is, three videos in. Yeah. This is where it's going to get interesting, right? Because it's not just random people that have seven likes on their Oh, yeah. Now, now we're talking into what was the Biden administration's response to this? And this is the part where I, I want to see some comments on this one because here's where it gets a little bit interesting to me. The same people, the same people that believe that anytime someone slightly to the right of Karl Marx comments were on the verge of fascism, like we're on the verge of fascism, are now celebrating the fact that the Biden administration is going to use the full force and power of the government uh, to do some of the things he's going to do. So the first one is, is hold, hold on, hold on. If you're going to read that, you're going to need to do it in that accent. 
No, 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 no. I got I no? got a different one. Uh, nope. Don't steal oh. my thunder. I'm using the accent for a different tweet that we're going to talk about. Oh, can this you use happened. another accent? What You're good at accents. The gun. All right. Okay. I'm curious so Jen Psaki says the Biden administration would support reforming Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, and requiring more transparency on social media in order to combat COVID-19 misinformation. Imagine it is insane that. that they're still using COVID to as enact the excuse, their agenda. As the I, excuse. Like, I, I'm old enough to remember that COVID was being used to shut down the entire economy right mm-hmm. before presidential election, to print $6 trillion. Yeah. And here we are, two years later, vaccines and everything. Everybody's caught it. Everybody's yeah. either caught it or they have a natural immunity at this point. And it's yeah. still being used. Nobody even cares about it anymore. Oh, and you know, what, is, it was, you know their- what it was? Because what were they going to say? Were they going to come out and say, you know what? We're actually concerned about Section 230 now, now that someone we don't control owns Twitter. No, they weren't going to say that. It had to be like, this is about saving lives. Well, no, no, no. It's about saving Hunter Biden <laughs> and his daddy, right? the big yeah. guy. Speaking of Hunter Biden, before we play this clip, um, Elon actually tweeted something like a day or two ago about the New York Post yes. story. Yes. Mm-hmm. He did. And... Um, it, it was insane. It was basically, how do you ban someone for telling a completely accurate story? like he, that's- he literally tweeted, it was clearly inappropriate to ban a platform for sharing a legitimate story. Yeah. And he was referring to the Hunter Biden story well, from, and, and from late 2020. Let's talk about this here. And, I, and this is the part where, listen, there's some people on the right that also deserve to be taken to task over this crap. Because when it comes to Section 230, I always thought that was a legitimate argument. And what Section 230 is, for those of you who don't know, it's the section of like federal code where they talk about the, the, it distinguishes between a platform and a publisher. So like New York Times is a publisher, right? They, they're, they're controlling the flow and content with respect to the information, the articles that they put out. They're providing commentary on those things. And here's the difference. It, it's difficult, but you can still do it. If the New York Times gets caught like engaging in slander or libel, they can be sued. Right now, it's difficult to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can still do it because they're a publisher, right? They have additional responsibilities because they're actually, you know, controlling the content. They control what they're publishing on their newspaper. Yes. yes. Now, what all of the social media platforms have tried to say is, no, 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 we're not publishers. We're just platforms. We're not controlling the content. We're not putting it out there. And you, you can obviously control your content so much. So, so for instance, like Elon Musk says, if you're engaging in speech that is not protected by the First Amendment, so you are engaging in direct threats, you are engaging in illegal activities, you are encouraging, you know, th- there's there's things in there that you can you can actually you know moderate. Yeah, you're ISIS. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can actually moderate some of those stuff, and that's not necessarily protected by the First Amendment. Everyone kind of it's the whole equivalent of shouting fire in a in a crowded theater, and people get hurt as a result, right? However. It is. It has obviously been assumed, um, and, and not inappropriately so, that a lot of these social media platforms were using their platform to specifically target conservative thought and ideas that would totally be protected by the First Amendment. And and the question was not the left keeps saying, "Well, they're a private company; they can do what you." Yeah, we understand they're a private company. We understand they can do what we want. We're not suggesting the government should come in and regulate in that way. What we are saying is that if you want legal protections under under Section two thirty. But you're operating that a platform will receive. But you're operating like a publisher. That's a difference, right? And and we excuse me, we should at least be honest about that difference. So now that they're coming back and they're saying antitrust reforms, that's like okay, we're going to break apart Twitter again. None of them were concerned about breaking apart you know Twitter before, but now they are. So just blatant hypocrisy. But that's not the worst of it. Let's look at the next one. 
The Surgeon General has said that misinformation about COVID amounts to a public health crisis. Yeah. I'm wondering, regardless of ownership, would the White House be interested in working with Twitter like it has in the past to continue to combat this kind of misinformation? Um, or are we in a different part of the pandemic where that kind of partnership is no longer necessary? Well, I think we engage regularly with all social media platforms about steps that can be taken. That has continued, and I'm sure it will continue. Pause. Uh, but there are also... Yeah, okay, so I, I love that that's continued. Yeah, that, that has definitely continued, where the government has been directly working with social media platforms in order to restrict information that they don't find convenient to their narrative. And again, the same people, you know, warning us about fascism, have no problem apparently. And, and look, I'm not saying that the government can't interact with these things to put out information, but you're telling me the pressure was not applied to re be able to restrict, censor, or ban people because they weren't repeating the party line? Well, the new numbers would show that's not, <laughs> yeah. They, they sat there and told us yeah. point blank that they weren't treating us any differently yeah. than their people on the on the left. And as soon as uh, Elon uh, uh, Musk uh, buys. Don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. We got some good stats to put out. We're going to prove it. All right. We're going to prove it. All right. What's the next? No, no. Get rid of this. I just, I'm one? just glad that the left can now, you know, so the left can stop trying to put a tinfoil hat on us over yeah. this stuff. So here's, here's the best, right? This is Nina Jankowitz, Jankowitz, sorry. Nina, Close Nina, Nina Jankowitz. All right. She has been selected. She has been selected to be on the board. I want to read this off correctly. I want to make sure I get this right. I don't want anyone, you know, accusing me of, of, I don't know. She goes, so she is the new, I don't know, administrator for the disinformation governance board for Biden's department of Homeland security. Right. And so she went on Twitter and she said, you know, here's my official portrait to grab your attention. Uh, now that I've got it, Oh, you know what? I should probably switch this up in the way it was probably originally said. Uh, a huge focus of our work, and indeed one of our key reasons the board was established, is to maintain the department's commitment to the protecting of free speech, privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. That is why we have the Disinformation Governance Board. It's the Department of Homeland Security. The Ministry of Truth. So... Yes, yeah, it's, it's a ministry of truth. <laughs> I've always felt this way about this. Will they be enforcing Newspeak on us? <laughs> I've always felt this way about this. Side note, the title Department of Homeland Security has always sounded semi-Orwellian to me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, but Fact now that truth. we're adding a, a, what is the name of this board again? It, it, it is. Wait a second. Let me read it. I, ministry again, of Truth, right? right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> The the disinformation governance board. Sorry, sorry. I keep I keep mispronouncing. It is the disinformation governance board. Disinformation, disinformation governance board. So the state will be looking very closely at any of the informations which may be of the disinformation and regulating that speech. We will not be no, censoring. No, no, not censoring the speech. That would be bad. We will be moderating the speech in order to protect the public. Yeah, the, the, next next week they're going to announce. I told you that guys you could do a good out. accent. That is actually a pretty good one. Next week, I'm sure that the Biden department will end. Uh, Biden administration will come out with the uh, Ministry of Public Enlightenment. Yes. And propaganda. Um, yeah. it, so, what I find so fast again, how much you want to bet that this would not be happening right now if it weren't for the fact that Twitter is no longer going to be ruled by left wing ideologues. Yes. In Silicon Valley. Correct. Like. like it, 
it's incredible that it's not just random people that libs of TikTok are pulling, you know, that have seven likes on their posts complaining about I'm leaving Twitter. Nobody at the end of the day really cares about some random lib and the San Francisco Bay Area quitting Twitter. But I think that the general public should very much care that it is patently clear that the Biden administration is creating whole new government positions and offices in response to the fact that one of the major social media sites in this country is no longer going to be controlled by somebody that ideologically agrees with them on everything down the list. Um, it, I mean, honestly, that that sounds somewhat worrying to well, me. But the way, the way they get away with it and the way that this, uh, you look at her comment that she made to NPR, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, what that would look like for the marginalized communities, which are already shouldering disproportionate amounts of this abuse. Because yeah, the state, right? The government has always just bang up record when it comes to taking care of and protecting marginalized communities. And and the way that they do it, obviously throughout history, has been to censor more free speech because that's always worked out really well for marginalized communities. I mean, there, there's a whole host of Ukrainians during the Stalinist regime, right? That we're sitting here going, gosh, I'm so glad that the government has a complete monopoly over controlling the media and consents or whatever they want, because it's working out super for us right now. Yeah. Right. That, that's always been the case when it, whenever it comes to political dissidents in North Korea, like they are all right here going, yeah, I am. Gosh, if only we, we, that's the problem. Right I'm now. sure the people in Hong Kong are thrilled with the way that Beijing oh, is handling the, the situation. There, there is, there are, there are camps full of Weigers right now thinking to themselves, the only reason I'm here is because the government isn't controlling speech enough, right? That's, that's why they're in this situation they're at. So for what it's worth, um, she ended up getting ratioed really hard on that tweet. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. She had 600 replies and only 49 likes. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's a bad ratio. <laughs> but, but again, this is, this is the part where I'm looking at it going, you know, all, all these people on the left that every five seconds on Twitter are warning us about impending fascism, right? They were so busy looking for it on the right that they forgot to check their left. It faked right and went left. It faked right and went left because, and, and let's face it, if you want to go back and you actually want to look at fascist regime, regimes, here's what you're going to find. You don't find a lot of fascist regimes that were really big on free speech, individual liberty, property rights, and free markets. No, they always wanted more government control over speech, more government control over the media, more government control over education, and more government control over the economy. Who's that sound like? Because it doesn't sound it. like me. They always did it to keep you safe. This to is keep to safe. keep you safe. Oh, no, okay, again... You're not saying it correct. Oh. It was to keep you safe. You have to keep you safe. I'm not so sure I can do that. And all accent. of the times from the mean people, we are just here to protect some marginalized populations. Because again, they've done a bang up job all throughout history of protecting them. By the way, the number one reply to her tweet, which has more likes than she had replies. Yeah. It had 739 likes so far was, I love that this tweet attacks free speech while alluding to anyone claiming otherwise must be attacking women who are a marginalized community. That's pretty spectacular. <laughs> I have to say, women are not marginalized. I'm so sick They're of that. They're a majority of the population. <laughs> I'm really getting sick of all that claptrap. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm going, you know, I'm starting to think men are marginalized at this point. It, it has been so incredibly popular to um, just, oh, 
I won't even get off on the tangent, but I am very much annoyed by the idea of calling women marginalized. The only people marginalizing women right now are the ones that think they should erase women. Well, we basically we, we now go to the dif- disinformation governance board in order to is that approved speech? Take, yeah. a, take a look that at that tweet has been flagged as but disinformation. No, but now, but now are they sending switched, me to re-education now, camp now? But now, we, but now we switch to other accent, which is commonly used in order to. You know, make sure that disinformation boards are properly, properly functioning in order to protect marginalized societies from the comments you just made. All right, <laughs> let's go on. Let's go on to the next one. Do we have another one from the Biden administration? I thought those were pretty epic. Um. Oh gosh. Okay. No. No. Now. <laughs> now. Now we're moving to the section where we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the clapbacks, some of the uh, Republican response. This guy wins the freaking internet. This guy, John, John Katz from the John Katz show. I'm not, I don't know anything about the John Katz show. Maybe I should, I don't, but his tweet was probably the most most accurate one. So John Katz said, if Elon Musk had bad intentions, he could have simply purchased Congress for a fraction of the price. Well, the, by the way, hold it on. Goes, the left already purchased Congress. For uh, that. It, it goes back to what we were talking about um, in the earlier segment about Bezos and, and folks like that. You yeah. have this like relationship where people, especially that come out of like blue areas that are very wealthy, Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. They end up being bashed by people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren until they start donating to left-wing causes. Yes. And then the moment that they start showing, I'm an ally, I'm on your side, the attacks stop and they move on to somebody else to beat up. And they do the same thing with Elon Musk, but Elon Musk isn't opening his pocketbook in in throwing millions of dollars towards left-wing causes that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are demanding that he do so. And because he's not doing that, he's going to be scapegoated and, and you know described as a villain by them. Yeah. And well, it, it's it's crazy. There's this Saul Alinsky quote. So for those of you who don't know Saul Alinsky, he's kind of kind of like the father of of modern community activism. Um, and very influential with Barack Obama, with Hillary Clinton. And this is not hyperbole. They, they admit it. They write theses on him. They talk about what a great guy is. Saul Alinsky had this quote in his book, Rules for Radicals, right? And, and this is what it's called. The title is Rules for Radicals, a practical primer for realistic radicals. And, and, and the original copy actually dedicated it to Lucifer, right? So that, that's always a good sign when you oh, dedicate it to sure. the Prince of Darkness. He described anyway, him as the very first radical. The very first radical. Um, so this is, this is a quote that he had in there, page 150. I have on occasion remarked that I felt confident that I could persuade a millionaire on a Friday to subsidize a revolution for Saturday, out of which he would make a huge profit on Sunday, even though he was certain to be executed on Monday. <laughs> and for a lot of this like woke capital, that's exactly what it is. It, that's exactly what it is. You, you are the bad guy until you donate to them. And in this case, they leave you alone. And they kind of promised to shoot you last. That's that's how that works. All right, so let's look at the let's look at another uh, tweet from the, the right. Twenty nine thousand likes. Oh yeah, that guy's got fifteen thousand followers. Just so you guys know, one hundred twenty nine thousand likes that's a for lot. a fifteen thousand follower page. Isn't, that's that's crazy. Huge. That was a good tweet. Huge. All right, so we got this other one. Twitter. This is from Benny Johnson. Twitter. We don't censor or shadow ban conservatives. Elon Musk buys Twitter. Tucker Carlson goes from losing followers to gaining 130,000 followers in a single day. And by the way, this for, for those who and he's, are- And he's actually showing the data. Yeah, he's for, actually for showing those the who data are here. listening to this, not watching it, 
Um, he's got a screenshot showing the follower account of Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. and it is literally the day after the acquisition was announced. So the acquisition was announced on April 25th. Yeah. On April 26th, Tucker Carlson's Twitter account grew by 129,873 followers. Yeah. But the day before, he had lost 50, 50. And the day before that, he had gained one. He was yeah. flatlined until the day after that acquisition. Now, what's Benny is trying to insinuate here, and I'm not going to say this like maliciously, but like Benny's yeah. trying to insinuate that, you know, Elon Musk was handed the keys and then everything was turned around immediately. And as you pointed out, the transaction is still in progress yeah. right now. It's been yeah. agreed to, but it hasn't actually taken place. What I, my, my thesis of what's actually driving this is not necessarily that the shadow banning has been lifted. And by the way, I, I think that once the algorithm is actually made public, as Elon said that it will, I think there'll be some interesting stuff that we'll oh, yeah. discover there. But what uh, I'm I think not, I'm is, not so sure, but we'll get to that in a second. I, I'd love to do that back and forth yeah. on that because that'll be an interesting topic. But like what I what I believe is happening here is that I think people on the right or the center right are joining Twitter because they actually feel like that there's a chance that the platform will be what they wanted it to be. And but there are people who are reactivated. At of of course, of yeah. course. But, and but, so that does indicate that there's a change because they're reactivating people that were banned. I think both can be true at the same time. Uh, yeah, right. I don't. I don't think it's an either or proposition. Now, but here's what I think is interesting. This goes to your point because if, if you're there's a lot of people that look at this going, I don't care about Twitter. Twitter's not the real world, which is true. Totally, totally true. Fact check true, right? But yeah, but it is um, controlling the real world. Well, to it's a not degree. controlling the real world. But I mean, yeah, it has influence. It has okay. influence. So here's here's the thing. For those of us that are like, for reasons of either politics or interest or our jobs or whatever it is that are really following this. The biggest thing that we wanted to know when Elon took over, like we're, we're happy about the free speech. We're happy about certain accounts coming back. The biggest thing we want to know is the algorithms because Twitter has sworn up at Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you know, Instagram, all of them have sworn up and down. We are not targeting people based off of their political ideology. We're only targeting people based off of these categories, blah, blah, blah. And we have all thought that was the biggest load of crap. And the algorithms can prove whether or not we're correct. I think what's happening now is all these companies, while they still have this, this runway between Elon buying it versus really controlling it, I think this is the part where they are going, I mean, it is like delete, 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 shred, shred, shred. It is doing as much as they can to try to demonstrate. Now, again, they screwed up. They done screwed up, right? <laughs> because the moment Elon did this, all of a sudden things are changing. And things are changing in ways that we all predicted it would change if Twitter was not conducting themselves in a way that they were lying to us about, right? But how much time do they have between now and then in, in order to get rid of as much evidence so that six months from now, they can do an investigation, come back and like, see, we told you this, this wasn't- There was nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. Like, where, where's your proof? Where's the, what, what algorithm do you use? And, and then they'll be like, Elon wasted all that money that yeah. he could have used to solve poverty and yeah. give everybody a free unicorn. And yeah. I, I, you know who also could use all that money to so solve poverty? The shareholders like, yeah, and the, the shareholders. board of directors that all, are going to be paid $44 billion. There you go. They can go out there and solve yeah. all the world's problems. What I find incredible about this, and I'll just, I'll make it one argument, one line right here. What I find incredible about this is the same people that think that Elon Musk could have solved all of the world's ills for $44 billion are also the same people that were defending the Federal Reserve printing $6 trillion yeah. over 24 months. If $44 million from Elon Musk could have solved world hunger and poverty, then why on earth are we paying income taxes? Yeah. We could just print the money. We already printed $6 trillion. If that's not enough to solve every single problem in the entire country, I'm 
color me a little bit skeptical. Yeah, for forty-four billion dollars COVID. Let's let's be honest here. Forty-four billion dollars. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm I'm willing to bet it covers like I don't know a few days of government spending. So if that's really all it took to solve hunger, well then why the hell hasn't the federal government done it yet? So what a load of absolute garbage. It is some of the most intellectually dishonest bull crap. And again, they're not they're not sitting here saying, why doesn't Jeff Bezos do this? Why doesn't George Soros do this? No, no, it's just Elon Musk, who again, by the way, not a conservative. And also, also by the way, I find it really interesting, actually, that as soon as this transaction took place, Twitter issued a statement saying that um, they are locking down uh, all major changes you know, algorithm wise and, and various yeah. other things, you know, because they're so confident in how neutral all of their employees oh, yeah. are. No, yeah. they did that because they were scared that rep- uh, employees would they retaliate and sabotage because, the site. Because yeah. they know how restrictive their employees love to be on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I mean, what I find interesting is libs of TikTok actually got a full-fledged death threat you know, yeah. full-fledged death threat with like After somebody doxed, with, the, right? yeah. with yeah. a rifle and the whole deal. And, and they're saying, you know, target libs of TikTok. And they said her name on yeah. there. Um, activate, go. And it's telling them, here's the target, we, we see go. No, we see no problem here. Is, I mean, this is the same platform that, let's and be And then honest. they came back and they said, this does not violate our community yeah. guidelines. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, the Taliban being on Twitter doesn't violate their terms of service, but yeah. Orange Man does. Oh, yeah, so yeah, he's bad. It, 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 <laughs> but, like, what I what I find so funny, um, and we're about to get to the, the, <laughs> the, probably the greatest tweet ever made, ever, which is this one. But what I find so funny about Elon Musk is he became wealthy because he provided a service that mostly left-wing people yes. purchased. Yes. Yeah. He got his money by selling electric cars, fancy, nice, beautiful electric yeah. cars, to mostly left-wing people yeah. in left-wing urban centers like San Francisco, L.A., New yep. York, etc. That's how he became so wealthy. And so the same people that are upset about him are the people that gave him the money in the first place that he then used to purchase Twitter. Yeah. There's Wait, actually been some memes about this. he was actually involved in PayPal as well? Yeah, he was an early investor yeah. to PayPal. That's, that's there, how he there, ended there up becoming so a billionaire. There are like Peter Thiel and other... Peter Thiel's another one on Silicon Valley that's been one of the few... He was a big early investor in uh, Isn't PayPal. Isn't he a little more moderate? Like, he's, he's very moderate on social issues. He's, he's more yeah. libertarian. Well, he's, he's, he's just more libertarian. He's more of a free market guy, he, you know, socially liberal. But um, he's another one of these guys that I remember when, because I was doing, when I first came out of the military, I was uh, training on an analytical platform called Palantir. And a very good analytical platform. Very, very liberal Silicon Valley culture. They used to brag about Peter Thiel being one of their angel investors because he was such a big deal, right? He was this out-of-the-box thinker. And the moment he started saying, yeah, taxes are too high, and, and then he actually <laughs> spoke for Trump, they're like, we don't, we don't mention Peter Thiel anymore in our introduction when we're talking to you know, students. I'm like, oh, I wonder why that is. But, um, but yeah, so that's been some of the responses from the left, from the Biden administration, from the right. So what does Elon, what does Elon say about all this? Well, he put out this tweet, which I thought was... Pretty cool. He goes, I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. And of course, the left was furious about this. So like one of the first quotes is, how do you prevent hate speech? It's like, no, first, how do you define hate speech? But but here's what I want to get into about this. Elon has doubled down on this idea that I am not here. And, and this is this is critical. He goes, I am not here to make you know Twitter a right-wing platform. Like the argument from from us has always been that Twitter is kind of a left wing platform. It promotes left wing ideology. It it you know suppresses conservative thoughts. Um, 
Elon at no point has given any indication that he's some you know paragon of, of the right wing when it comes to a, a lot of issues, right? He, he tends to be more free market. He's he's big into free speech, but you know nothing else gives any real indication that this guy is just a, a hardcore conservative, and that terrifies them. But this this really goes into kind of like the next thing that we want to next thing that we're going to end up talking about here. And that is, is this really a good thing? So Elon, Elon right now, from, from a conservative perspective, I would even argue from a, a, a libertarian or a moderate perspective, is talking a pretty good game about, I, I just want more free speech. Or even an apolitical perspective. Yeah, I, I just want more free speech. I, I, want, I want less banning. I want a, you know, more of an open forum for ideas. Um, but I think the question here is... Is it, is, really, is it really a good thing? I think it's larger. I think it's a larger question than that. There is another aspect of this, though. Uh, just real quick, when you're talking about responses to Elon Musk buying, the EU issued uh, a, yeah. a not so fast Elon kind of uh, statement, saying that they had a they have a lot of regulations on speech. They have. You know, uh, to keep people safe, of course. Oh, the Germans. The Germans have. A oh, I would love. I would love to see the EU and try to ban Twitter in Europe. So the EU is telling Elon Musk, "Well, you have to comply to our regulations." He should tell them to go pound sand. Yeah. And what are go they going to do? The European Union? Are they going to ban? Are they going to ban Twitter in France? Yeah. If, if, he, if he doesn't restrict certain speech, here's yeah. a really fun thought: they ban Twitter over wherever they are, you know, because the EU spreads across whatever. And then Elon just moves a few of his satellites over there and provides some free <laughs> internet to uh, to the people there. I mean, See, you want to talk about like, like dystopian, draconian, yeah. authoritarian yeah. moves. If the EU actually tries to ban a social media platform because they don't censor certain things, yeah. who is the real quasi-fascist dictator in this equation? It's not Elon at that point. It's... No. It's the Germans. Yeah. But I feel <laughs> like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa I feel You're telling me the Germans are going to play the part of the fascists in this story? That's crazy. When has <laughs> so that ever happened character. before? <laughs> so out of character. Well, look, I, I think... But, but my question is, what can they really do in order to try to enforce that? Would it be something where they just have to ban Twitter there? I think they, I think were, they, would, they, they were, were threatening him, him fines. They were well, that's always how they... So the smart way to do it, the dumb way to do it is we're going to shut you down. Right, and that's what that's what the more authoritarian that's what the dumber authoritarian regimes do. The smarter authoritarian regimes say we're going to fine you, we're going to freeze assets, we're going to take your money. That's how they coerce. People. We're going to they yeah. could go after Tesla potentially. Yeah, yeah, they could they could, but that'll be where the battle is, and I'm I'm curious to see what Elon Musk does, um, because but it's interesting because he owns so many such a wide variety of things, mm -hmm. and just the fact that he has Starlink. Means, I mean, goodness, uh, Russia knocks out all of the Ukraine's internet and and just does a total blackout so yeah. that they can control the narrative. Oh wait, so that they can control the speech, <laughs> um, and that way they can pump everything, the air, airwaves and the internet, all through with their propaganda. And now, yeah, they can't because yeah. Elon lit it up. I think most of the right has definitely jumped on Team Elon. For sure. Yeah. 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 But will we regret it? That that's a question that I have. I think that's a good, I think that's a good question. I mean, here's the part where I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Me too. And this is the thing is based off of what Elon is saying is that, and again, it's not like I know the guy, like we don't, we don't, I don't know. 
Um, but he's been very consistent on this. Yeah. T- he's been very consistently pro yeah. freedom. Yeah. Um, across the board. Well, can I say that this is one area. So again, it, the, the, you know, the left made a big deal about a billionaire owning Twitter. They didn't care about billionaires owning other things as long as you agreed with the left. And the, the question here is now I have someone like Elon Musk. Okay, I am willing to bet there are things I agree with Elon Musk on and there are probably things I disagree with Elon Musk on. This is one of the biggest debates going on right now, not just between left and right, but even within the right and and to some degree within the left. And that's the idea of, can I disagree with you and, and still work together and coexist and everything else? Because if, if the dichotomy is, if I disagree with you, I'm going to go get the government to force you to do what I want. That's not coexistence. This is about conquest. Mm-hmm. Right? Coexistence is we can disagree. And as long as we understand that there's, there's certain areas with respect to the law and whatnot, that we might have to come together and vote for people and they're going to you know, deliberate on various laws. But for the vast majority of what affects me in my day-to-day life, from what I eat, what I drive, how my kids, you know, how I educate my children, where I work, that's stuff where we're, we're going to kind of leave this alone. We're not going to resort to a bunch of coercion. Elon Musk seems to me to be the sort of guy that kind of you know, focuses on that, that liberty aspect. Like we, we may, we may disagree on a number of things, but as long as I'm not infringing on your liberties and you're not infringing on mine, as long as I'm not hurting you and you're not hurting me. And, and I don't mean like hurt in the way left does, which is you hurt my feelings. I mean, like I'm physically, I'm not, I'm not hurting you. I'm not coming after you. I'm not defrauding you. I'm not doing those things. You're free to live your life the way you want. You're free to say what you want. And I'm free to do the same thing. And we'll let things kind of play out in reality. And that's the big that's what these people have an issue with. That's yeah. the opportunity here that I think Elon Musk is providing. Now, could he totally switch? Could he do something? Yeah, I don't, I don't put, you, look. Yeah, but over and over again, he keeps reinforcing that same yes. idea. And and, he, and the left is really trying to peg this as you're going to give the right a leg up by mm-hmm. making the playing field even. Yeah, he um, will. He yeah. will actually, because reality has a right wing bias. But, uh, but hold on, hold on. So he did issue this other tweet, which I think is also very good, which yeah. I'm going to read real quick. It says, um, a social media platform's policies are good if the most extreme 10% on the left and right are equally unhappy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that like, yeah. I mean, it depends on how you define extreme left and yeah, right, because I have issues with the traditional definition that most people have where extreme right is, you know, Nazis yeah, and which fascists. Which is not accurate. No, because they're... If you use it as a sliding scale of anarchy to 1984 despotism as the scale of left to right where the further right you go the less government intervention the further left you go the more government intervention i mean you're really only only going to be alienating the extreme 10 percent on the left yeah. i don't think anarchists are going to be no, no, super no, no, upset that you know you're no longer having leftists controlling twitter but if you're using the classical definition that again i have issues with yeah right yeah i, we- I think that's appropriate because i mean i don't really think that like avowed nazis or, yeah. you know, Putin stands or whatever are oh. going to be huge fans of I know that Putin stands don't like Elon Musk because he's providing Starlink to Ukraine right but, now. But there so. are there are very extremes on both sides of the aisle. And um um I I'm just gonna point out one real quick. There you know, when people were kneeling for the national anthem, most of us think, Oh, what a I'm not gonna say that word. Oh, <laughs> Okay. I don't agree um, with your with sentence. You. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that word. Um, that the we just look at that and we're going. That is a ridiculous way to protest, but it's your right to protest. Yeah. It it's stupid, and I don't like you anymore for it, and I don't think it should, you know. Or I might turn the channel. Right. But I'm but, not going to try to get you fired from you know. Whatever. But I did see a lot of chatter from 
the far right, which I consider we myself shouldn't allow this. We should saying yeah. they should be arrested or this yeah, that should not be allowed. I mean, you get the same thing where you have people on the right, and we've had Supreme Court rulings over this yeah. that have said it should be illegal to burn the flag. Yeah, yeah. And uh, full disclosure, I love this country. I'm yeah. a huge patriot. I, I would right. not live anywhere else in the entire world other than the United States. Although yeah. I do like to travel. Yeah, and it yeah. makes and, and it, it it like makes you sick and to see it someone makes burn me it. sick to see somebody desecrate things that like we've lost hundreds of thousands of men fighting wars to defend that flag. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I have to be true to my, my political inclinations and you have a constitutional right to burn it. If you want to, yes. I vehemently disagree. Yeah. I vehemently disagree. I think yeah. the United States flag represents everything that makes in many ways, I think life worth living in yeah. terms of individual freedom and Liberty mm -hmm. and economic prosperity. But you should have the freedom of speech to do that if you want to. I think you're wrong. Yeah. And I'd love to debate somebody that hates this country that much. Exactly. Well, and and I, you I've can had... use your freedom of speech to s tell but them I you think, think you're wrong. But I think that's what Elon was referring to by a exactly. truly neutral platform will alienate the 10% of the extreme right and left. Because that that extreme right, the, the people that think that we should outlaw flag burning or that we should regulate speech that's unpatriotic, yeah. they might get upset because I don't think Twitter is going to take down a post if somebody's has a video of the U.S. flag burning. I don't think that, no, no, no. that Elon's well, going to remove that. I think that. what this comes down to is that the, the real spectrum is the authoritarian spectrum. Right, that that's the spectrum, and and there are people that claim to be right or claim to be motivated by patriotism or their religion or whatever who are authoritarians. They want government control in order to promote the things that they like. Right, that's an authoritarian aspect. Now, if if you have someone that um, again, maybe they agree with me on a number of issues with respect to values that we share. But then the way that they want to promote those values is through government authority. It's like, okay, no, now you're you're dipping into that authoritarian sphere. And I think that's what Elon's talking about mm -hmm. here. And so uh, far because, the left hasn't I've, had to do that. I've had people on the right. I've had people on the right who, by the way, this pissed me off. I had people on the right basically suggest that I was less conservative because I don't think that there should be a constitutional ban on burning the flag. And what was so fascinating, it was like, okay, you have defended this country from your couch. Like I've actually gone overseas with the flag on my shoulder and had people try to kill me in order to defend, again, my country. This is not a, a thing on U.S. foreign policy decisions. I'm just saying my commitment was, so no, a big part of that flag represents the individual liberty to be able to make a bunch of decisions I don't agree with, mm -hmm. right? So nobody's going to tell me that I'm somehow less patriotic. Because I believe you you still have the right, protected by your First Amendment, to be able to engage in speech, which I might determine to be unpatriotic. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting because when some of these things happen, I'm, I agree that the person has a right to do it, but I don't have to like it. And every no, time definitely. I point out, I've had it happen before, where I will point out that it is ridiculous that these people are doing this. It is totally the wrong thing to do. It's not right. I don't like it. And then... The next thing, and I tend to be very liberty leaning, but I'll, you'll always get these absolute libertarians who will come in and go, but it's free, free, free speech. And how no dare you, hold on, how dare you um, tell them they can't do that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, yeah, they have free speech. Guess what? I have free speech yes. to say I disagree. I love, so like, this is something it, it's like, I'm it's not because, advocating for a law here. Yeah. I have this like theory that like, just the left's narrative on everything is so baked into the culture at this point that when you make a statement, 
of of value or principle, right? And you say, I disagree with the people that are kneeling at the national yeah. anthem or that are burning the flag. I And I do. I do yeah. disagree. Yeah, so with, do I. You know, Colin Kaepernick is a complete hypocrite, in my opinion. Yeah. He's kneeling at the U.S. flag, but he'll, you know, he won't call out anything the Chinese do. Yeah. Right? And, mm-hmm. and so, like... Examples like that. I, I find it hypocritical. I find it unpatriotic. I, I fundamentally disagree with it. But when I say those things, everybody immediately assumes that means that there needs to be a law passed, yeah, an amendment yeah. passed, some government regulation. I'm sorry. Me sharing my opinion does not mean that I think that I need to go to my state delegate, Nick, and say, yeah. Nick, why haven't you cracked down on these people yet? I'm upset. There needs to be a law against this. People. At the end of the day, the whole point of free speech is for you to discuss things rather than use force against somebody to impose your view on it. Right. So if you if you do something I disagree with, I'm going to tell you I disagree. Yeah. Yeah, And I I, exactly. And it's so frustrating to see people on the right or they claim to be, you know, libertarian leaning people that. Every time that somebody who's a conservative, and admittedly, as we talked about, there are some conservatives that want to restrict Mm -hmm. speech, and I disagree with those people. But every time you make a statement. You know, there's this group of people that think that that means that you want to use the government to impose it. And it, it's crazy that that's the world that we live in where yeah. it's just naturally assumed that that's what everybody wants. Well, and I, and I think what it, what it comes down to when people ask me, like, so is, you know, oh, Elon Musk is your new hero. I'm like, no, I agree with what he's doing right now. I, I, I agree with this particular action. And, and a series of good actions usually says, okay, this might be someone that I would get along with. Doesn't mean I'm going to agree with them all the time. So is Elon Musk the new hero of the right? <laughs> no, I don't think he's a hero. I don't think he's set out to be. I, I, but I do think as someone that believes in individual liberty and actually believes in a good town square where there's going to be a lot of people on there saying things that I would disagree with, I believe someone that is willing to protect the integrity of that, I believe that's something that's laudable. And so as I look at that particular action, I, I like that action. And as I look at a series of actions that Elon Musk has taken over time, there's a lot of things that I, I like. There's some I don't. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't like government subsidies going to companies. But I, I overall, But we really overall, like the motivation behind it. The motivation yeah. behind it being free speech for everybody. And yeah. the the question I have um, just sort of in, in general, this raises the question to me. What does this say to all the other social media platforms that do shadow banning, that do algorithms simil- similarly, oh, which they're, we've they're all had these situations happen to us? And oh, of course we've the, had experience. The left says well, it doesn't. But and, and I've had these conversations before that if Elon Musk is doing this for the sake of his own profit, but in the process forces other social media companies to open up their algor- algorithms and make everything you know, more free speech focused, and that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Is it, it, it's something that it seems like it has run rampant to censor everything, uh, self-censor everything. Yeah. Um, and because it's run rampant, it, it's just had no check on the power that wields. And I almost feel well, like, it, man, some of this really should have been counted as in-kind it, donations to the <laughs> left. It'll be very interesting, interesting to see. I need to file an Elon, ethics complaint. It'll be interesting, interesting to see what Twitter can do as a private company because Facebook, Instagram, yeah. and all these other companies are owned, uh, you know, platforms are owned by corporations who the have shareholders and who find it in their best interest to appease whatever government regulation may be coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the stuff that we've seen with Facebook, um, you know, has been in an effort to keep more regulations from coming down. Um, so I, I think is Twitter operating as a private company will be in, really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Nick, why don't you uh, help us make the argument on this? 
Okay. Well, a, a couple of things I, I think it's important to understand is that one, this, this does provide a huge opportunity for those of us that have felt like we were being shadow banned. And uh, look, the bottom line is we were, we had 217,000 followers on TikTok recently. We had our account banned with pretty much no explanation and no mechanism for able to get it back. So that's a lot of time, effort, and work that went out there to people that actually wanted the products that we were producing. And then we were banned because somebody interpreted something in a bad way. So what Elon Musk is providing is an opportunity. That doesn't mean you have to agree with everything with Elon Musk. It doesn't mean you have to worship Elon Musk. I would encourage you to not do that. However, take the opportunity as people that want to get out there and want to be able to express opinions. The other thing I would say is be smart about it. All right, don't feed into this whole narrative and don't, don't turn into the caricature of what the left has often portrayed us to be. Now, there's going to be a couple of things that come back from the left. One, they're going to say that this is dangerous because of marginalized populations. You need to remind them that if you're really concerned about marginalized populations, freedom of speech is essential along with a government that understands that its primary responsibility is to protect your rights and liberties, not to try to micromanage your life. Because if you want to look throughout history and find different organizations that have a really bad track record on protecting marginalized populations, look no further than governments, especially those governments that are constantly looking for ways to censor people instead of allowing for an, an area of free expression, even when we don't necessarily agree with that expression. Never forget, that the First Amendment was set up to protect unpopular political speech, not just popular political speech, because that generally doesn't need protection. Now, a couple of other things to consider here as this argument goes forward. One, conservatives sometimes screw up when they talk about this and we talk about free speech. Because yes, free speech is a prohibition on the government coming in and interfering in the speech that you're engaging in, provided it's not illegal, like shouting fire in a crowded building when there is no fire. By the same token, free speech is also a social understanding that we have. So there's the legal component, which restricts government power, but there's also a social component, which is to say that we understand that in an environment like social media, which is supposed to be a platform for discussion, we should have the ability to be able to get out there and say things, and provided that it's not violating a reasonable law, then we should be able to say it even if some of the powers that be within our culture, within our government, don't like what it is that we have to say. And so Elon Musk is providing that space right now. And one of the things that we should all do is engage in that space. Because right now you're seeing a battle place taking, you're seeing a battle taking place not just within the government, not just within a particular social media platform, but within the entire concept of the town square. And if you want to see Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn or wherever else, start to respond in a way where they are less likely to ban speech because the wokists don't like it than engaging in a, in a platform like Twitter and making it more profitable because it allows more voices is going to be essential to be able to do that because ultimately one of the scariest things that I saw happen over the last couple of years was a lot of people that ideologically I tend to agree with wanting more government regulation over social media as a response to the left-wing dominance within social media and the algorithms. And I warned about this from the beginning. I said, this is the problem. The way that you actually win this debate is within the free market and the free exchange of ideas, not with more government authority and power, because ultimately it will always be used against you. No matter how much you think it's going to benefit you today, it can hurt you tomorrow. And Elon Musk is demonstrating that it is possible to be able to get in there and to be able to compete. And I hope that we will all take advantage of this opportunity to speak on a platform which is providing greater freedom of speech for all points of view, because the bottom line is, and here's the takeaway, if you actually believe that what you believe is true and worth defending, then you should be able to do it in an environment where people who disagree with you are able to come on. It's only the people that fear the truth that are constantly looking to censor you. Well, Tina, before we wrap up here, we've got, we only have a few minutes left. I think we have some theories 
as to why Elon may be doing this, do we? Well, I mean, Queen of the Bee is about to come in with the. Here's here's mine. Okay, I've got two. I've got two. I want to hear Hamilton's theory on this. I've got two. Because Hamilton, wait, real quick, and to set this up for our audience. I'm willing to bet that Hamilton spends more time not just on social media, but analyzing social media because he has to. It's part of his job. Sure. Right? So I'm, I'm curious. Where, what's Hamilton? Well, this has nothing to do with analyzing social media analytics or anything All right, like never that. mind. I'm not interested. <laughs> but but I, I, I have been interested in buying a Tesla for a couple months oh. now. I'm going to hold off for a little while, see, because there might be some new batteries coming out, just things like that. But I have two theories, and both of them kind of work together. You know, when Elon first opened Tesla... Who was the most likely audience to purchase the car? Oh, the libs. Yeah. Libs. Okay, <laughs> so he, he was providing a solution to climate change yeah. at yeah. that point. And now he's not even mentioned as one of them. He has not even mentioned yeah. climate change. Well, the the left had some kind of a... The Biden administration. Biden administration mm-hmm. was talking about electric vehicles, and yeah. it's, it's crazy and- which one was glaringly obviously yeah. not there. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't so, mention Tesla. So, and, you know, I think it's interesting because... Elon set out to not create a car company, but to create the first self-driving car. Yeah. And I think he's, it's so fascinating to watch him like take these steps and take different avenues, which helps get there. Mm -hmm. And so could it be that he is now purchasing Twitter to obtain a larger audience on the right, which then creates more interest in buying Tesla, which then puts more Teslas on the road, which then sends back more data to the HQ in Texas, which then allows the supercomputer to have more data to work with to make the first self-driving car faster. And then the Terminator comes back and gets us. Uh, You know, it's, I feel like Elon Musk is a big, big dreamer. Oh yeah. And, there's a lot of people that dream really, really big, but they don't have the means to make those mm-hmm. dreams happen. When he, he used to not have Elon, the means to make it happen, no, he built the means. But he, yeah, he, it's so funny because I always see these things that talk about, oh, here's the IQ of all these professional people that you know. And they always, they're like, Elon Musk isn't actually that smart. And these other people are really smart. And I'm like, what well, test did you have well, him take he, to uh, say that? It's, I think the left just kind of goes, oh, well, if you're not completely bought in with all of our stuff, then you, you have you're a little idea. Yeah. He's, cer- <laughs> he's certainly a genius. There's he no is a doubt genius, about it. absolutely. But I think he also needs to be given credit for the people that he has surrounded himself with. Yeah. Oh, that's part of the genius. Yes, because he has people at Tesla and SpaceX and all of these different companies that he obviously can't run all by himself. Yeah. I mean, who, like, who are all these geniuses around him? But like, he also sort of seems to think on a much different plane yeah. and ponder things that a lot of us just take for granted or don't ponder. Well, there, and I mean, he, he was going around before talking about population collapse and yeah. how, um, you know, this is just simple math. If you look at the numbers and this isn't a conspiracy, it's simple math. And so that was kind of interesting, but like, it didn't get a whole lot of play. Well, it didn't um, get a whole lot of play because he said that at the same time that the whole narrative was the planet's being overrun with too yeah, many yeah. people. Oh, he ran afoul of the too left few again. Resources. Yeah. Well, I think, I think one of the things that's interesting, and this, this goes down to that. We, we were reading this book called the E-Myth. Yeah. And it was talking about entrepreneurs and it was breaking down a lot of your businesses into you have the technician, you have the manager, and then you have mm-hmm. the entrepreneur. Yep. And it was saying that a lot of business owners, they think they're an entrepreneur when in reality, they're just a really good technician yep. that's trying to run a business or they're a manager that's, that's good at running people. And they were talking about that. It really, it's this combination of things. 
And the entrepreneur is kind of like the the dreamer and the idea person and is, is always pushing everyone to go harder. The manager's responsible for managing all the technicians and the technician's responsible for doing, you know, the, the day-to-day work that needs yep. to be done. And all of them are really important. But there is this unique component, right, to somebody that can can strike that proper balance within their company. And then when you're talking about someone like Elon, he really, I think he's a dreamer. But I, I think he's also someone that understands he dang well, but if any of those dreams want to become reality, he better surround themselves with really gifted technicians, mm-hmm. very gifted managers, other good entrepreneurial yep. people, yeah. and then he better empower them to be able to be not only successful within their environment, but happy within that environment. Well, and he's also well known for firing people who push back and say, well, that can't be done. Yeah. Um, oh, I expect that to it, happen on yeah, Twitter. He's done it multiple <laughs> times. Yeah. Like we can't get the, this many Teslas. We can't make this goal and fired. We're going to find someone who can do it. I mean, in fact, I think he even fired a few engineers and ended up having to do a lot of engineering himself. And yeah. he actually talked about uh, some of the mistakes that were made because he was doing it and had to, he was forced to do it because uh, they were working on such a thin, um, Thin margins. Yeah, they yeah. Could, he couldn't hire the the engineers. To come you know that what's ironic? But he admits where he failed, and yeah. he, he sits there and goes, "Well, I mean, well, he we probably wouldn't he have most had likely so many is not going to succeed." <laughs> so things right. have turned around. You you were talking about how like you know they didn't really have the money to hire a whole bunch of engineers now. What's happened is a complete 180. Yep. Um, so like I used to be a shareholder of 3M and back in the day I would listen into like some of their earnings calls and 3M is a major yeah. engineering company. And yeah. one of their problems that they've got, cause they're also a successful company, but one of their problems they are is they can't attract any talent because engineers, when they graduate from school, the number one place that they want to work at is Tesla. Yeah. They don't want to go to three. It used to be like th- 25 years ago, working at 3M as an engineer was like a very oh, yeah. honorable you know, top tier cream of the crop type of position. Those people no longer want to work at some boomer company like 3M. They want to go work for Tesla. Well, Elon Musk talks about that, how, and Gary Vee actually talks about this yeah. as well, how our schools are failing entrepreneurs because they're not there to design entrepreneurs. They're just, they're there to design good factory workers, or as I like to say, they're there to design very good conscripts, right? And, and one of the things that's so fascinating, and it was, uh, it was somebody I was working with who was, a, uh, a computer programmer and I'm very, very gifted at it. And he had me watch this video. He kept bugging me. I was like, Nick, you gotta watch this. You gotta, I, was, I was his boss at the time. And he was talking about how there was an entrepreneur that said, you know, it, it, he was trying to motivate his people to come up with new ideas, new innovations and things like this. So he started doing things like spot bonuses. Here's 500 bucks. Here's a thousand bucks. Here's this. If you, and he, could, he really couldn't get many people to participate. And then he started by saying, I'm just going to give you an hour a week to work on whatever you want. So that's a paid hour or two hours, whatever it was, to work on whatever you want. And one of the things that they were identifying is that more and more people like to feel, like obviously the monetary compensation is important and that's sure. that's good. But they also want to feel like they have ownership over something that they're doing that brings value and purpose. And one of the examples they used was like Wikipedia. It's like people, most people that contribute to Wikipedia are not getting paid. And we all know Christian has probably spent yep. hundreds of hours giving free labor to something because he values the yep. idea that he's, he's contributing to something that he cares about. And you get to work on what you want to work on. And I, I look at Elon Musk and like his rule is uh, within Tesla is don't tell me we can't do it. Find a way to do it. Find a new way to do it. Like think out outside of the box. 
But he also empowers and rewards when people are working within that environment. I, I think that's fascinating. It is. Now, let's say my theory is true, and the only reason he's buying Twitter is for the, you know, the benefit of Tesla. If he, like I said earlier, encourages other social media platforms to adopt the same uh, a, a policy of free speech and open yeah, yeah. source algorithms, that's a good thing. Here's the second theory, and this one uh, might be more conspiracy. There's a little bit more I forgot my tinfoil hat. I know. So we just have to keep he, that here all the time. What yeah. is not often talked about uh, is he's also the owner of Neuralink. Ooh. And my th the potential theory is, is that he it, he knows that the right is going to have a significant challenge in adopting or accepting that technology. Yeah. And he's got billions of dollars. So if this is a $44 billion investment into uh, gaining popularity within the conservative sphere and the Republican sphere. And, like, if he went to any PR agency and said, what is the number one thing that all conservatives hate? <laughs> it is Twitter. And he, and he says, oh, well, you know, I've got billions of dollars. I could buy Twitter and, yeah. and you know, gain yeah. popularity. And, and what do they love? Free speech. Free speech, yeah. Right. So two things can be true at once. He can believe in everything he's saying and also have alternative motives. But, I mean, that that I could see so that being the case as the well. The Neuralink thing is kind of interesting because it's so far it's been, that's scary. it's been a complete failure, actually, so far. Yeah. That, that's probably been Good. Elon's biggest failure. And I have my own theories for why. I'm not a neuroscience uh, scientist, but... I have a hard time actually believing the computational theory of mind. I don't actually yeah. think that it's possible to replace every single molecule or atom that is your brain with a piece of hardware. Yeah. And you somehow are still a person at the end of the day. Because the, the, the whole basis that Neuralink is built around is this idea that Ultimately, the brain is just a complex organic computer and that if you just replace the organic parts with mechanical parts, the brain would still operate and yeah. computate fine and you'd be you and, and you know, you'd be the singularity, right? The, the whole idea that, you know, transhumanism, you're, you're like, you're, that we're going to become are, robots. You are plugged into, I mean, think of the internet. Where do think you of, think he got think this of, idea? Think of being able to Google anything and now think of that just being a component of your mind where you can... And, and at the end of the day, I... It's, it's the same argument that's used that, well, eventually things will become sufficiently advanced enough that computers will become conscious. And I, disag I, uh, I, I, I disagree. I don't, I, I don't think that consciousness comes from just certain neurons <laughs> really firing math. in a particular— Yeah, I don't, I don't think that consciousness comes from a certain composition of materials coming together in a way that just creates self-awareness. Well, so, but, okay, but to, to, to his point— Right. The, the idea if for, forget for a second about you, you want to create um, you want to create market share within the right or you want to create some sort of goodwill within trust. the right. Right. Or trust within the right. I and mean, that could be a component. If, if you are just absolutely hell bent on this idea of AI, artificial intelligence and the singularity and Neuralink and all this other stuff, then obviously owning a social media platform where billions of people are putting yeah. in data on a regular basis I mean that that's all. Yeah, it would be helpful. That, yeah, that's all well, helpful to that the, project, and they're voluntarily giving you this data, and you're you're able to you're able to build algorithms around. We, the have, we haven't is, even touched on Web three yet. But uh, <laughs> if this if this ended up being possible, and it's the idea that oh well we can uh, control there there's a lot of aspects of this, but yeah. but if this really became possible, it's also a 
huge danger because then what if somebody can hack your brain well, and Ma make you Musk, do things that Musk you can't control so Musk, Musk was asked about this he's like you know you're talking about again the singularity the, the and, and all of this you know it, it conjures up image of the Terminator right? because, or the Matrix yeah, because it, it's not Skynet yeah because <laughs> I mean honestly if you're thinking about it yeah if, if, if we're all that interconnected through some sort of program that can be hacked that can be anything else that's that's terrifying and, and the question is, how do you get people to voluntarily do something like that? Well, because the advantages of being able to use something like this make you significantly more productive mm -hmm. or significantly more. Or it more, could be to solve a problem in the beginning. Yeah, it, it, like it, it always is. Or right? it, that I mean, every dystopian movie starts off with, oh my gosh, we had the cure to cancer. Oh no, it turned everyone into zombies, right? <laughs> like, like we all, there, there's some sort of. Well, there's what, interesting what was interesting about watching Elon, I just want to get this point out real yeah. quick. What's interesting about watching Elon when he is asked about this, what he essentially says is he acknowledges. He's like, yeah, no, he goes, I, I think it's inevitable that. We need to understand this is something that could destroy all of civilization. Mm -hmm. That could destroy humanity. And mm -hmm. like, well, then why would you pursue it? He goes, because it's going to be pursued, right? There's, there's no, there's no doubt that this is going to be pursued. And in his mind, the best way that you can guard against the worst, you know, possible outcomes is by keeping it like that open source yeah. component, right? This thing where it's, it's open, it's transparent, and people can contribute. It's not owned by some government entity in a lab that can then arbitrarily use it the way they want. And I. As much as I don't like where any of this is going in some ways, I get his perspective on it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So how do you? So they're the one. They want to be the ones to explore it. No, not just they. He's saying because again, he's big. He doesn't have patents. Like most people don't understand this. He's not a big believer in intellectual property for a practical reason, which is he thinks it just invites lawsuits, and for a moral reason, which he thinks it's problematic to say that I can own an idea. Right? Well, that's so, a whole different podcast. So I know that. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that when he looks at this problem, what he's saying is that it's not Elon, I, Elon Musk, want to control it. He's saying that I want a process where it's open and transparent enough to where no one person or no one government can have that kind of control. And, and I get where he's coming from that, even if I'm totally uncomfortable. But with if it. you explore the idea of being able to do that, and the the various ways that it would be used by government, like let's say uh, somebody commits heinous crimes. Well, okay, we're just going to implant this thing into your brain, and now yeah. we're going to turn that off. Instead of yeah. putting you in jail, we're going to yeah. input this thing in your brain. You're just going to have to walk around your house all day and not be able. Or, to or we're yeah. going to get we're going to get rid of that particular point in your brain that right. is compelling you to act like a sociopath. Well, what just yeah. dawned on me is every one of these Neuralink chips that will be put in people's head has to have a wireless signal. But what's already in the sky? All his satellites. Star Starlink. <laughs> He's got yeah. well, whole constellations. I, I think we're going to see a conversation about Web3, and I wish I knew more about Web3, and it's really something I should spend more time investing in. Um, but e I think Elon and Jack are both on the same team here, that they are trying to take Twitter into Web3 as the first open-source social media platform. Can you explain Web3 real quick? It's, it's It has to do with the blockchain. For everyone that's not a nerd. No. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I'm not even sure I understand it. I well don't understand. Under it well kidding. enough to give a, a concise uh, explanation, but it has a correlation with the blockchain and cryptocurrency in that every website that is online will not live, uh, not be solely controlled by a individual company, but the it will actually live on thousands and thousands of computers. I probably really messed up that explanation. So if there's anybody in the comments that well, wants to correct yeah, me, please. Yeah, that's terrible. I think it is, it, is a for, it is a form of decentralized It's open control. source internet. Yeah. 
Decentralized control. Yeah. And 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 again, I, I'm someone that generally is a big fan of yeah. the decentralization of power. What I want to know is why Elon Musk is not making flying vehicles. That's what I want a flying <laughs> oh, vehicle. Oh, I think they've tried. Can, can, wait, can we imagine? I was well, thinking about this. We've all seen drones and and like yeah. how the drones work. Yeah. Can't we just make them big? And so I'm, here's what here's what I'm curious about because there's there's a couple issues with that. Obviously, there's safety concerns, right? There's there's payload concerns. Yeah. Like I don't want a runway. I want to be able to just lift off and go where I want to go, like I'm in a car. Well, you I don't can't, even need a runway, just a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't go to well, but he, okay, not like a helicopter though. I, but More if like you go to Lowe's, if like you go to Lowe's, Lowe's, how are you carrying back? You know all the stuff. Well, you drive at that point. Okay, but here, so here's the question I have. Or, or they ship it to you on their own helicopter. On their own big Maybe drone. So. Just drop but, it. but could you imagine? Could you imagine that now we're just, we are totally in the speakeasy portion of this. <laughs> I, I thought we I, were already there. As I'm sitting there, as I'm sitting there driving back from Richmond the other day after veto session. And, and I, I was sitting there honestly thinking to myself, like with drone technology and the things we have now where it's becoming so much easier to... Uh, imagine something that could easily carry, you know, three to 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. So right now you've covered most of the population um, from, from point A to point B. Imagine if you had something like that where you didn't need the same amount of time, energy, and resources going into road infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, because you, you really did have a cheap, affordable way to be able to, you know, get from point A to point B or, or to get a, a decent sized payload from point A to point B where, it, it was affordable. Yeah. It was energy efficient. Quick. Speedy. It was quick because now I'm not having to worry about roads, I, you know, beelines. And obviously you'd have to come up with different ways that you would, you would manage that, you know, the air traffic control, but. Well, but they're usually pretty low flying. So then what you've got the issue of is property owners who are like, this is my property. I don't want yeah. your stuff flying over. And so there would have to be some kind of regulation. Road in the sky. You would have to have some kind of regulation where it was like, okay, you can't just how low money. can you fly? Like, yeah. how high up into the air do you actually own on your property? Yeah, yeah, it's four hundred feet. It's, just, it's it, crazy. Oh, wait, they already have it. It's four hundred well, feet. The air, the federal airspace is at four hundred feet. Like, if as yeah. a drone pilot myself, I couldn't legally fly above four hundred feet. Because you've seen like people have shot drones down that came yeah. into their yards yeah. and stuff. Well, and, and again, understandably so. But there's this whole, and this is where I again I find some of these questions fascinating because. It gets so easy to say, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could just do a beeline to that? Like, okay, but now you just flew over 20 people's properties and they don't want you flying past their bedroom window, which is totally reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they force you to actually fly over roads that they're creating roads in the sky. So that you're but not then that like takes property. away the yeah, I know. the, the efficiency yeah. of it because you want to go faster because you're not having to like like get on and off. In yeah, but think about it. If everybody was using those, how cluttered the sky would, it would be. be very cluttered yeah i mean roads are already cluttered so that's true can't get that much worse but at least they're just <laughs> on roads yeah you know otherwise it'd just be all over it's the like, place zipping all around i mean they'd have to have some kind of rules like how do you do a right-of-way well, like, we, we had so i i are you only allowed I to fly at this the, level i'm so glad i'm so glad you asked because i sat have, on the transportation committee in the commonwealth of virginia roads in the air so got cars coming this way this way and this way that, you know what i've seen movies like that what Star was that? Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, there's that one. There's a bunch of them. Fifth Element. By the way, back to, like, when I sat on the Transportation Committee, we actually had to start working out the legal ramifications of Amazon dropping off stuff at your door using drones. And so we, we had to come up with 
okay, what are the legal categories with respect to what you can do, where you can do it, the size of the drone you're going to use, where it can go, what pathways it has to use. Like these are questions that we were having to sit down and try to figure out on the transportation committee. And the way this typically works is you send the transportation committee and you, you look at a bill and the bill is not saying, okay, nine feet and this and that the bill is usually saying we have to figure this out. And so we want authorization for the Department of Transportation, Virginia Department of Transportation, and working with these other agencies to come up with a legal framework for how this could work. Mm-hmm. And then it can come back to the legislature and we can actually vote on more specifics or we can, yeah. you know, reform it. It just seems like kind of a can of worms there only because like if an unmanned drone shows up at my house and my dogs are out, my dogs are going to try to get a hold of that thing. They're going to think it's a big toy. Well, that's going to be the liability issue. right? Yeah. Like, so then and, we're going to get sued. Well, no. Because again, Although they have insurance. Do they have like dog bite let's, insurance? Let's focus on the benefits of flying right now. <laughs> and then once it becomes a reality, reality we can, we can worry about the negatives. The That's always how these things work. But I, I do, let's not I talk do about think, what could go I wrong. I think within my lifetime, yeah. right? We're going to see it. We're going to see a situation where it is far more common for someone to get on their little drone pack and go somewhere as opposed to getting in the car and going somewhere. Yeah, maybe I won't buy a Tesla and I'll just start a company to do this with that money. Okay. Well, G- I, was it GM yeah. that recently um, showed a a uh, a personal flying vehicle, whatever it was? I mean, they they They've do exist. I get ads for them all the time. I remember there was um there's like a car. It's super expensive. It's like a million dollars. There's like a car that can like fold out wings yeah. and fly. Mm-hmm. It's not like a jet plane or anything like. It's not like the thing that you see in sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. right? But right. Um, but like there's things like that that exist. There's also cars that can turn into boats. That's the one I, I was going to say. Like I, I remember seeing that and they're never, they're never quite right. There's always, no, they are, they there's always, always something about them that looks kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah. All right. James, James Bond. Is all right, Nick, close this out. We, that's it. We're just done with boat cars. <laughs> We're going to end on that note. Hamilton. Uh, all right. Well, Hamilton has decided that we can't have fun. Fun anymore. police. You know yeah. what? You I have to edit the episode. Hamilton's trying to censor me right now. I have to edit the episode after, and we're trying to have this out by five o'clock. All right, we're going to try to get today. So, hey, listen. Once again, thank you very much for joining. Please leave comments on the section. Tell us what you think. You think Elon's a hero? Do you think he's not a hero? Do you think? Do you not just not care? That that's also another potential. I don't thing think they made it to the end of the episode if they didn't care. That's probably true, too. Yeah, but anyways, us, still here. let us know what you think about Elon Musk and uh, the singularity and apparently flying boat cars. All right. Yeah. Once again, thank you for joining us on Making the Argument, and we will see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to goodranchers.com, use promo code Nick. And once again, thank you for listening.